in a quaint caravan There's a lady they call the gypsy She can look in the future And drive away all your fears Everything will come right If you only believe the gypsy Welcome to the Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D., Cinema Geekly's Marvel-themed podcast. I'm Anthony Lewis. I'm Aaron DeLosa. And I'm Agent Boisvert. <laughs> Get out your lanyards, gentlemen. It's uh, Shine them up real nice and fancy-like, because uh, we've got uh, some Marvel to discuss here. Uh, actually, we're gonna, the first thing we're going to discuss, and I think this was done on purpose, Aaron. I don't, I don't think it had anything to do with this is just the time that worked right for us to start discussing uh, Marvel exclusively uh, on a Cinema Geekly Premium podcast, which Indeed. I should note, by the way, is going to be this episode is going to be free for everybody uh, in Cinema Geekly land to listen to. Uh, I was actually considering doing it anyway and putting it in the the regular Cinema Geekly podcast feed, but uh, hey, we reached uh, 550 likes on Facebook, so as a result, free podcast for everybody uh, around on the house. That's I very guess. reasonable of you, sir. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, I think this is this is this is, uh, I think this is very well planned. In fact, because uh, at some point, I think uh, we want to go back maybe and talk about the uh, the individual Marvel films as kind of like a lead into Avengers: Age of Ultron, which is happening uh, later this year. I, I think mm-hmm. this was well timed. That the first thing we're going to talk about is the television... I'm hesitating to call it a show. I think they're kind of treating it as more of a miniseries for right now until they see how it goes. They're saying it's like an eight-part or something like that. I think Uh, it's going to be back. (laughs) But uh, Agent Carter is the first thing we're going to be talking about, and I think it's fitting because this is the thing that so far has predated everything else in Marvel uh, canon, at least the the first thing that's a a long-running series, a film or TV show. Uh, this this is this predates all of the uh, the previous things, with the exception of uh, Captain America, the first Captain America film, uh, which obviously takes place uh, before this show does. But other than that, this is uh, this is like right at the beginning of the Marvel canon for the most part, uh, at least in the the MCU type uh, universe. Maybe not in the comics. Perhaps they go deeper in the comics, Aaron. But I am unaware of this since <laughs> it's been well noted that I do not read comic books, so. <laughs> I thought I really thought you were just going to stop at you know read like that would just be the end of it. well in general too but uh, more specifically I, I don't read comic books but in general you know what to not to piss off comic fans don't worry comic book fans I just don't read in general so there you go uh, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about the first thing we're gonna get into here is this uh, this first episode which is really the first two episodes and they kind of just smushed them together into one two hour event the uh, by the way the First two episodes directed by people that may be familiar to Marvelites, at least MCU fans. Uh, Louis Esposito did the the first uh, episode, and he did a, a shit ton of the Marvel shorts, right for the for the Blu-rays. Yeah, the one shots. Yeah, the one shots, mm-hmm. uh, in, including the Agent Carter one shot. Uh, that was. And it's very obvious from the tone of the show. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yes. Um, I, I think that was maybe on the uh, Thor: The Dark World Blu-ray. I want to say maybe is where Agent Carter was. That sounds correct. 
Yeah, I'm not positive. And uh, I believe the second episode was directed by Joseph Russo, who directed or co-directed Captain America the Winter Soldier and will be directing the Civil War movie and will uh, supposedly be directing the uh, third Avengers split movie as well. So those uh, directing wise off to a pretty good start, I'd say. The um, I'm trying to. Would you disagree, Aaron? By your no, not at all. <laughs> you're like, no, I thought that was a fuck fucking understatement. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, well, I mean, I was a little surprised when I looked at the directing credits when those popped up. I mean, Esposito, that was that's a different story. I, he, you know, I saw his name on the the one shots and stuff, and I, I think I had read somewhere that he would be directing the pilot. But I honestly was not expecting to see uh, Joe Russo's name. On uh, attached to the second episode, ah, so. the Agent Carter one shot was included with the Iron Man three Blu Ray. Ah, there you go. So the uh, the Thor one, I think, might be hailed to the all hail all hail the king. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I think we're going to handle this the way we've handled all of our TV specific uh, podcasts on the Premium Channel by just running down what we saw in this episode. Aaron, do you want to? Since this was aired as one big episode, do you want me to? To cover both, or do you want to go through uh, part one and part two separately? What would be what would be? Better? Oh no, man! H- hammer right through the whole goddamn thing. Okay, no problem. Uh, so the uh, the year is 1946. We, we the first thing they show us actually is the uh, near the end of the first Captain America movie. Uh, so that was a nice tie-in. It's like they were reminding you, like remember she was in Captain America. Yes, in case people forgot. Right. Uh, which you know, I mean, you've got to do that. Yeah. Uh, but but it was also it was also a nice setup, and there's a lot of callbacks to it and stuff throughout the the episode as well. But basically, they show the death of Steve Rogers, and and after that, this is the almost immediate aftermath of that. So she returns to work. She's working for the SSR, which eventually becomes Shield, but at the time it's the Strategic Science Reserve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but eventually, it does become Shield, and uh, we are immediately thrust into an investigation. Uh, because Howard Stark, the father of Tony Stark, has apparently disappeared under the under the scrutiny. Right there, there's been this word that he's selling uh, selling weapons to uh, to some foreigners, some evil foreigners, Aaron, and he has disappeared. <laughs> he's disappeared, uh, and the SSR is is looking for them. Um, Stark uh, eventually runs into Agent. Well, I, he sort of sets up a meeting. Right. With, uh, with Peggy Carter in the most unrealistic way possible, i.e. chasing her down with a car. Uh, it it's just seems far more likely he should have just got out and just waved at her. But uh, he tried to kill her first, apparently. Uh, or, I mean, chase her down, obviously. But it definitely didn't play out like that in the, in the I'm episode. sure he would have stopped. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> Had she not shut out his tire or whatever it was. That she right. Um, and basically, he uh, seeks her help. And clearing his name, which, uh, of course, she says, you know, uh, you're asking me to commit treason now, too, right? And just risk my job and my career just to prove that you're uh, not a traitor to the country. Uh, but, of course, because she is the uh, the hero of this series, she agrees. Um, before uh, before uh, we move on, it, uh, Howard Stark basically tells her about this thing the, the the supposedly the weapon that he has sold but really it's just a formula for i i'm probably going to pronounce this incorrectly but nitramine or nitramine something I think you're like right that. with the first one nitramine mm-hmm. i'm sure it's nitramine um and uh we eventually learn that it that 
at the time it was just the formula, but it has since been uh, it's it has since been weaponized. Apparently, it causes implosions. Aaron, it's uh, very fancy stuff. Yes, it, yes, it, <laughs> indeed. Um, so uh, Agent Carter uh, gets her. She so she does. Uh, I'm trying to think of the show. What was that show with uh, Ben Affleck's wife? I don't want to say the name because I don't want to sully the name. Uh, what Agent Carter's doing, but it was Alias. Essentially, that right, where she puts on a disguise. <laughs> Fuck you for making and, me say it. Man. And, and she infiltrates a, a club, basically looking. That's where she finds out that the that the Nitromine's been weaponized. Uh, she gets her hands on one of these weapons and takes it to Stark Industries where we are introduced to Dr. Anton Vanko. In yep. case people are unaware of this, this would be the forgettable villain played uh, in the <laughs> second Iron Man film by, uh, by Mickey Rourke. He played the son of Anton Vanko. Ivan uh, Vanko. Ivan Vanko, where he played the Crimson Whiplash, uh, <laughs> I believe, or the or Whip... I think Di- you, can just go with, you can just go with Whiplash, I think. That or Whipped Dynamo. I can't tell. I'm not sure which one is the better name. Uh, I think the Crimson Whiplash is a better name, to be honest, if you're going to mash them together. Uh, But this is is his father. And uh, this is obviously before things all went south with Howard Stark. Um, And uh, he, uh, Vanko, deduces that it came from the Roxxon Oil Refinery, which we have heard that name before in, in Marveldom. Uh, and in the MCU and stuff, I believe that that names have been dropped a time or two. Um, oh, we also meet. I can't even believe I forgot about this because he's one of my favorite characters on the entire show. Uh, Howard Stark's butler, who we learn is the inspiration for Tony Stark's Jarvis. His name is Edwin, Edwin Jarvis. Jarvis, and he is very Jarvis-like uh, and very awesome. And this is now the second show featuring a butler that I like the most on a, on a TV show. <laughs> The other being uh, the other being Sean Pertwee's Alfred on Gotham. Oh he's, man, how great is he? Huh? He's fucking awesome right, we'll, in that. We'll get show. to that different podcast, but yeah, sure, no, sure. Uh, yeah, James Darcy. Oh, I, I'd never really seen anything with this guy before, but I, I, I'd, I like I, him. I, I might love him already. I really do. I think it's just the British thing, Aaron. We've just got this thing for British people. <laughs> I, uh, you could have the shittiest British actor out there, and I think we just swoon over him just because. Uh, very true. So uh, they, I love uh, you, Kit Harrington. <laughs> So Jarvis and Jarvis and Carter go to the refinery where they encounter a hacker. I can only presumed named Leet Brannis, who is uh, I guess not a hacker, but who the <laughs> fuck names her kid Leet in 1946? That's what I want to know. They didn't even spell it with threes. They, they put two e's in there. I don't know what their problem is. Mm. Um, he works for quote unquote Leviathan, uh, which they uh, how do they explain this, Aaron? Like what Leviathan is? It's not a they, they don't really. Uh, it's a mystery. Really they really yeah. touch on it too much. Yeah, they just. It's just, they just know it's just really ominous, and you know it sounds terrifying. Uh, you know, it, it's it's like a hydra is what it turns out to be. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this this fellow escapes with an entire truck full of nitramine weapons, uh, and before before leaving, Brannis and they all use voice boxes too. Oh yes, that's right. <laughs> they're they're all they all have had. Uh, some sort of cancer related. Actually, I think they just maybe they just removed the voice boxes for another reason. But I'm just going to believe that it's uh, a message that smoking is bad. Uh, <laughs> but they all had uh, they all had one of those electronic talkie dudes. Now you figure like you know yeah they they all have the voice boxes they got to put up to their throats. But I mean they have all these futuristic weapons. They can't come up with a better fucking solution instead of like the old school, the old phonic. 
oh, dude. that just bothered me a little bit. I was like, come on, you, you got to give them a little something. At least put like a Bane mask around their throat and you know, there you go. digitize yeah. the voice, something. Yeah, see, that would have that been okay. <laughs> Better than that. Yeah, I had a very oh, man, good it, it, was, it was like going down to the BFW and just listening for an hour. I really hope none of the new signees have one of these voice box things because I, I feel like they just turn them off forever with that terrible impression. I feel like uh, anyone who would have one of those that would listen to this show would understand that what we said was really funny. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> so before leaving, Brannis drops um, one of the nitramine bombs that destroys an entire building in a humongoid explosion as Carter and Jarvis uh, barely escape with their lives. Uh, the, the, the second half of this episode, uh, by the way, the first half was entitled now is not the end of the second half entitled bridge and tunnel. I should note. Okay. So, um, we've got Peggy Carter, and, and by the way, this, uh, it seems like all eight of these episodes, they're not going to be individualized. I think they're all going to be, I presume tied in. It's going to be one big eight episode story arc. Um, One over arc, yeah. Yeah, is what I'm is what I'm guessing here. Um, so we've got Peggy is searching for the uh, the nitramine truck and learns of its location. Uh, SSR agents are meanwhile uh, interrogating Miles Van Ert, while Agent Souza learns about the truck's location uh, as well. So we've got a, a couple of uh, agents on uh, on the scent of on the scent of the truck. Uh, Carter and Jarvis arrive first. Uh, to find Brannis. They're attacked by a man who works for Leviathan, of course, uh, you know, voice thingy modulator. Again, the organization that Brannis has betrayed. Uh, so um, there's a, we, we've got that little snippet of information as well. I think he uh, left because he was pissed about the voice box as well. <laughs> I think I'm just going to read the rest of this straight off of Wikipedia, uh, just so we can get into talking about. I'm going to take a page out of Glenn's book. I was hoping you were going to say well, you can read the rest of it as you were talking through one of those voice boxes. No, I did it one time. It's not. It's not an ongoing thing. Well, I want to. I want to. I want to get into the discussion of the episode uh, first and foremost. I'm just going to finish. I'm just going because there. There's is far more succinct. I'm just going to do that. Uh, Carter fights the man who still manages to mortally wound Brannis. The truck careens off a cliff, and the weapons inside implode. Before he dies, Brannis draws a symbol in the dirt. SSR agents Dooley, Thompson, and Souza later arrive to find a woman's footprints and a hotel key. Meanwhile, agent... Uh, shit, how do you pronounce the Russian-Polish guy's name? Kurzmensky, I want to say? That'll work. Kurzmensky. Chris Krizmensky, I don't know. Sifting through the remains of the Roxxon refinery finds the license plate that was attached to Howard Stark's car that Edwin Jarvis was driving as they escaped. So uh, Peggy's concern that she was going to be tied into Howard's uh, alleged traitorous acts, uh, she's now being tied into them slowly but surely. Uh, this was kind of teased throughout the episode. So, uh, mm -hmm. Aaron, I think you're going to like this show. So I'm going to go to Glenn first to see what he thought of uh, of Agent Carter. What did you think of this uh the beginning of this show, sir. I liked it. Um, I, I couldn't sit down and watch the whole two hours at one time, but I think that was just a, that's just a lot of time to sit through ads. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it was good. I, uh, I liked the pace of it. Uh, I very much so wish that the show revolved around the, uh, radio broadcast. Cause I oh, think that's like, I'll touch on that in a moment, but uh... I think that's like some of my favorite stuff. I understand. Like it's, extremely gimmicky but given how gimmicky 
the first Captain America movie is, sure. I can kind of forgive it, and at times I do enjoy it. I liked how they did the fight scenes with it. I don't think so much the, the commentary of... It's going to get old of us being reminded that she's a woman, and in this time, women didn't do stuff like this. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that That is going to get extremely old this next episode. Uh, but no, I mean, all in all, yeah, I liked it. Uh, you have to see a lot of the beginnings of things, and done in a way that isn't so much like Gotham. There's a lot up in the air. Right. Uh, mainly because, like, we know Howard Stark isn't alive in the Iron Man movie, so maybe sure. he comes to a demise in this show, which I, mean, I highly doubt that'll happen, but... Yeah, uh, it's a little... It's well before Tony's time. Yeah. Um, but I don't think we're going to see anything happen to Howard Stark, because this is before the... Uh, this Well, this is after the first Captain America movie. This is before the... Agent Carter uh, one shot where at the end of that, Howard Stark promotes her to the head of, of shield Shield. essentially. Yeah. Um, So they're not even shield right now. So I don't think anything is going to happen to uh, to Dominic Cooper anytime soon. Um, Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. Uh, I mean, obviously they are going to have to, you know, because there was a far more sexist attitude in 1946, um, I think they're going to have to, from time to time, point out that, you know, she's a woman in 1946 and they're going to, you know, uh, I think they maybe did a little too much of it. I felt like there was maybe one too many scenes where, you know, it was like, you know, aren't, why aren't you in the kitchen making me some shit? You know, that type of attitude. Uh, there was maybe one, but there was also like a, you know, a lot of cute moments with that asshole at the diner, uh, where she basically like Kevin Heffernan Farva of Super yeah. Troopers fame. <laughs> yes, yeah, she shut that guy up real super quick. Um, I mean, that was great. I mean, all of the fight, all the action stuff they did with her was so cool. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit biased because my 11 year old daughter wanted to watch this too, and she's not really seen a. Uh, I mean, there have been shows. I mean, Aaron mentioned uh, the a the a word show uh, already, <laughs> but uh, she hasn't really. You know, she hasn't grown up in a time where shows like that were all that prevalent or anything like this. So this is the first time she really got to see a, a, a show starring a woman who was kicking ass all over the place. Oh, and she just watched Buffy then. No, she that's way before her time as well. Uh, no, I'm saying she needed to oh, get yeah, her started should, on it. Yes. Um, yeah, so she really, she just really enjoyed watching this show. Um, and for me, there's like a lot of stuff that worked. I, you know, I like that time period, so... Like uh, stuff from that era. I mean, I really liked the. Uh, I really enjoyed the uh, the radio play, and I and especially the one they did at the end where she's in a fight and they're intermixing her fight with like the the you know like the foleyed sound effects from like the radio play of like I love that part, dude smacking a mead and like you know just like hit like hitting a table and shit like that to make sense. I'm sure Haley Atwell was making a lot of guys slap their meat during that show, man. <laughs> um, there was a um, yeah, there was a there was a lot of I, I like that and all and also uh, um, I don't know how many other people noticed, but I noticed it uh, almost immediately and was uh, was was quick to my Twitter machine. To uh, congratulate Ralph Garman on being the guy who was the radio host of the yeah, yeah, yeah. radio play, I, I quickly got because I uh, listened to him and Kevin Smith's uh, Hollywood Babylon all the time, and this is one of the things he did not mention that he was doing. So when he showed up, I was very surprised, and I'm like, "Oh, holy shit, dude! Way to way to, way to go! That that's awesome!" Uh, so that was that was really cool. Uh, in fact, uh, I 
I might be on the side of like I'm sure Glenn would not want to see the radio play every week, but uh, I w- I wouldn't be too mad if it if it popped up from time to time. Yeah, like every other week or something. Yeah. I, I like maybe not in it the whole time because, like I said, the constant reminder of her being a woman it, it will get old yeah. eventually. So yeah, and the um um and, and I, I like that it acted as a as an annoyance for her as yeah. well. Because, yeah, she's like the damsel constantly. Nurse Penny Carter and Captain America. <laughs> oh, help me, Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, the Hitler guy was, was awesome. It's like... Bow down to the Fuhrer. Uh, all of that. Yeah, that guy was... The, I could actually watch... Captain America and Penny Carter. If they want to do like a whole episode where it's just the radio play, I'd be okay with that. To be honest with you, uh, I got a kick out of that. But yeah, uh, I, I liked I liked everything in here. The I mean the Jarvis, uh, the Edwin Jarvis character stuck out to me immediately as a likable, and I want to see more. Uh, and I mean they I'm they're obvious he's obviously the inspiration for uh, for Jarvis not just a name but an attitude and tone and everything. It was. Uh, it was uh, it was quite nice, and uh, although I will say this as well, the thing Peggy Carter's got going for it over Gotham is Peggy Carter is the uh, the main character of the show, and I like her infinitely better than I like James Gordon on Gotham. He is still not one of my favorite characters, uh, even though the show is supposed to be about him. Maybe uh, we could swap him for Chad Michael Murray and get him on Agent Carter, and get Chad Michael Murray the fuck away from it. Uh, so, Aaron, what did you what did you think of the episode? What did you think of Chad Michael Murray? <laughs> <laughs> if he keeps it up, he may replace James Franco on my list for this year. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> what happened to the guy? Like, uh, I don't know, I mean, man. I know Life it's happened him, to him. But, I mean, but he Jesus. just man, it's like you always see those those things on Facebook about you know the child stars who are ugly now, and it's like he went from like the twenties heartthrob to like oh, he's kind of a normal looking guy. Maybe he falls under my Val Kilmer theory, where he just had so much ass, he got tired of being good looking. <laughs> so now he's gone out of his way to Purposely. bring himself down to the rest of us. That way, it lowers his numbers a bit. Because I, th- I, maybe his penis is just as he's you know really tired, exhausted, just red and sore and chapped. He, he's a uh, <laughs> he, he's a uh... he's basically just a water bottle right now. He's yeah. just pushing rope. He, sure, his sure. heart's not in it anymore. He uh, he he purposefully let himself go. Yeah, Chad uh, so, Michael Murray has a limp dick, is what you're saying. Is that so, what you're so, so uh, uh, to tie that into the episode, what did you think of uh, first two episodes of Agent Carter, Aaron? Uh, they were fantastic, I thought. To me, Agent Carter, it, it felt more like a Marvel, like it was part of the MCU. Like, now that Agents, mm-hmm. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't, just, I, I think with Peggy Carter, you know, with Haley Atwell coming from the movies, like, it, it just felt like it belonged along with the movies. So, it... Uh, I loved it. I, I love the tone of the show. I mean, it, it's perfect. Like, it fits in with the times. It, it's allowing you to watch her progress. I mean, you know, granted, it's like, you know, the working girl thing where she's trying to break the glass ceiling and all that. But, you know, seeing her go through that and we know how it's going to end up, it's still interesting to see what's going on. And now they're introducing this element of, of Leviathan. There's all these Easter eggs they keep dropping from other movies. I mean, you know, there's not going to be some uh, MCU, you know, shattering direction they're not going to change no. what's happened so far but there's a lot of stuff they could fill you in on that may have happened that we're not aware of like they're already showing like in some of the trailers you can see you know dum dum duggan you can see maybe you know one or two other members of the howling commando so that's right there's still a lot to go down yet and it's it's really exciting i i hope it just does well and maybe they consider giving it like you know another run maybe like another miniseries next year or year after something like that well i mean there was a, a couple episodes ago on agents of shield there was a great 
uh, cold open with Peggy Carter and the the Howling Commandos. It was like yeah. a flashback, and when they when they got the obelisk or whatever, that was awesome uh, to to put that sort of stuff in there. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward uh, to more of it. So there's more to this Leviathan thing than meets the eye, I presume, Aaron. Oh yeah, this will be the the big bad of of her run essentially. Um, now this was also did she have a comic book series? Uh, she might have had a spinoff. I'm not too well versed on uh, on okay. Peggy Carter, other than just you know the Cap stuff. Okay, because um, I I think I I thought I had heard that somebody said that there was a a, a comic book. So, uh, but you wouldn't not, surprise me. Of course, they they would spin off anything that they thought it would make them uh, sell some sell some books for sure. But uh, yeah, so I guess that shoots my other question in the foot of are they are they pursuing a particular uh, uh, storyline or anything like that that you're aware of. Uh, but if, if, um, you're not familiar with the books then it's quite possible that you don't know if they're pursuing a particular storyline or not. So, well, I mean, I, I, we, we know Leviathan is very, you know, heavily tied into shield and, you know, like I said, it was like a Hydra-esque, you know, kind of organization. All that. And as far as I could tell, she didn't have a spinoff comics. I mean, it's pretty much wide open what they can do with her. I mean, I expect like maybe some of the things that Nick Fury did with the Howling Commandos and the comic run, if they wanted to tackle that with her in the place of him, I mean, that's something they could do or they, you know, fuck, they could introduce Nick Fury like in this thing. So Oh sure. Shit, you you never know how they're going to go with this show. I mean, but it's really exciting, man. Like I love it. Like the, the tone of it, you know, it, it felt like you're watching like a Marvel mini movie essentially. You know, you're just sitting ass on your couch. So it's kind of fun pointing out all the Easter eggs and just kind of figure out where the show is going to go. And I gotta say, I mean, man, uh, the the parts where Haley Atwell had to, had to do her alias shit. I hate that I used that word again. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're good. I mean, it, it was very believable that she was like the you know. Granted, you know, she played the bomb, you know, the blonde bombshell and. Was kind of wispy and had like the porn voice and all that, but when she did like the, the kind of mousy woman who was the, the inspector of the oh yeah yeah of, the, of the milk factory yeah I mean she, she was completely just like a different person she was almost it was like watching like a British Velma just traipse around this place but you know it it showed that you know she is able to kind of do you know uh, more than just like the the, the sullen you know Agent Carter uh, it was better than it was better than Jennifer Garner and Alias then as well I, yeah I will go out her limb and say a fucking minute to that man yeah it, no I thought it was great um I can't wait for more yeah I, uh, I I thought she was she was pretty excellent as well the scene where her uh, her roommate gets killed by the oh, Python guy that was yeah yeah that was pretty heartbreaking um, yeah she she was excellent there was a uh, I I mean I I think the fact that uh, Howard Stark's butler is going to be uh, played a bigger role in these two episodes probably indicates how often we will see Dominic Cooper in this miniseries. I'm sure he will turn up again, right? Uh, but I do not feel like it'll be uh, for any lengthy period of time uh, or anything like that. But uh, I would say by and large, uh, it was, it's off to a really good start uh, before we talk. It can, about- only, it can only go down from here. Unfortunately, I mean, unless it just keeps getting better, which would be amazing, but yeah, they, they started off on a super strong foot. Uh, before we talk about anything else, Glenn, what did you think of this episode on a uh, on a geek glasses scale? And before you answer me that, how is your how is your game of two K fifteen going? Are you winning? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm winning. Uh, when you got Anthony Davis, it's pretty easy to do. Uh, no, I, I, if I had to give it a score, uh, I mean like a four. I mean a really soft four. There are definitely things I like there. It kind of dragged a, a few times, but I think it's just you know it's a pilot kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was two hours long, so that was <laughs> that was the only issue I really had. It was just it was really long, and it, you know you got to set the stage, of course, so that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But kind of to touch on Aaron was saying, like you know him not knowing of a run. I'm sh- like he said, there, I'm sure there is one. Uh, 
that that's a nice thing where it's like something the problem with gotham is we kind of know everything that's happened yeah uh, you're not really going to surprise us and if you do surprise us you better do it in a way that we enjoy it whereas there's a lot of things they take the liberties with that we don't like um and so like i was saying even like yeah obviously i know howard Stark wouldn't die but you know if the show got picked up you know maybe that would happen somewhere down the road you'd be able to see that so there are things that you know are going to happen uh but you've never actually seen it happen so you know just how timelines work because it's a prequel but it's different because there's a lot of space they can even play around with in that prequel that won't necessarily mess anything up and it won't be you know put to the wayside because it's simulated drama that we know isn't going to happen oh hush glenn i don't know what you're talking about with gotham and stuff that they may have changed that was terribly done <laughs> you know hannibal takes liberties with the uh like the hannibal is, Lecter mythos but it, it does it in a great amazing. way i mean you know gotham's done some interesting things so far yeah i know but it's just uh I just feel I don't what I mean is like it's not done as well. Like we say what you say with Hannibal. It's done really well. Like season two of finale. It's definitely not how things go down, but holy crap, it was amazing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh I'm I'm right there with you, sir. I'm gonna give it a four. I was really impressed with the the debut. Uh, I mean it wasn't it wasn't, you know, blow away like holy shit, this is gonna be the next breaking bad or anything like that, but it's not it's not meant to be. Uh, but I, yeah, I was, I was, I did not know what to expect going in. Uh, cause I mean, you know, you are making a TV show about a, a co-character and we're talking like, you know, I mean, Peggy Carter was important to the first Captain America movie, but you know, she was kind of way down the, the list. It's like Captain America and then a big long ass gap and then Peggy Carter in the order of importance. And, you know, for the, them to take that character and give her her own kind of spin-off miniseries type thing. I did not know what to expect exactly. I know Haley Atwell is is awesome and I really enjoyed her uh both of her appearances uh in the Marvel films and you know the one shot I thought she was great in that. And I and you know and I figured after looking at that it's like if the TV show is anything like this it I think it's going to be a good show and as it turns out it was almost exactly like that one shot. Actually. And it, it really helps that she's so fucking hot. You oh, don't yeah. mind staring at her for a few hours a week. She's gorgeous too, and she's oh not. Oh my god! A, and she's not a. And and at least to me, she didn't come off as you know like Kim Kardashian. You know, ridiculously thin. She she seemed like a an average looking woman who was also very good looking at the same time. Hey man, uh, you you wanted a good amount of trunk space in any car you buy. Sure, sure. Uh, so yeah, dude, a, a, a straight solid four for me. This is a, a very good beginning. Where, where are you sitting on this, Aaron? Four and a half. Loved it. The, you know, the, the, the parts that worked, uh, to complain about, I mean, there wasn't really a lot, you know, maybe like what Glenn touched on, how they kind of kept throwing at your face that she's got to break through, break through, break through. I mean, anyone alive today, you know, essentially over the age of 14 should know that women were struggling back in the day. So I, I hope they ease up on it. But yeah. I, I give it a four and a half. Not really much to complain about at all. Um, so let's touch on the Ant-Man trailer a little bit here. I don't know if we want <laughs> it, to, it's already like the most watched trailer ever, uh, or the, the trailer premiere, essentially it had like. 27 million or 28 million, something like that, like hits. There's a lot of people. Yeah, it's the, uh, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely divided some people, and I'm not sure if it's divided them in the way that I feel. I don't know. Uh, it's definitely divided people in a lot of ways, and I'm not sure exactly, um, 
what the what the reasons are for for all of the divisiveness. But I I, I want I wanted to get your opinion first, Aaron. What did you think of the trailer? Uh, I liked it. Like I said, it. Uh, you're always kind of hesitant to get into it. Like the, the more I think about it, like Paul Rudd, I just I have nothing personal against him. I enjoy his his films. He can do drama. You know, he can do comedy. Uh, he's a good looking guy. I mean, you know, from the looks of the trailer, you know, he can obviously get cut down a little bit. I I just don't. I don't know if I can fully commit to him, you know, playing the hero. But I mean, you know, any anyone who's anyone has said that about who's ever been ca- anyone who's ever been cast in a Marvel movie. You know, Robert Downey Jr. There was a ton of doubts. Chris Hemsworth, an unknown. Uh, Chris Evans as Cap. I mean, you could go on and on and on, and you could question every casting choice. So I'm really hoping that Paul Rudd is my one. Where instantly, like you know, my butthole clenches and I'm 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 fearful for what's going on just because I'm not used to it, and because it'll you know my expectations are. You know, a little, uh, a little tempered. I mean, you know, I really think just visually the way the movie looks. I mean, they're nailing Ant Man. I mean, uh, if they didn't change too much of what Edgar brought to it, and not, uh, and not let the guys who brought us like bring it on and uh, Mr. You know, and the Yes Man uh, really fuck it up too much, I think it could be a great movie. But right now, the first trailer, it looked great. Anyone but right, I think I would be way more excited. Mm-hmm. Or if Edgar Wright was still involved. Uh, see, for me, I think the trailer maybe short sold the movie. Like for me, I don't have. I, I actually, at this point, unless Marvel proves me otherwise, I have no reason to believe that this movie won't be anything but a good movie. Like at the very worst, it'll be a fun time at the movies, um, right. which is which is what I was like at the low end of what I was expecting for Guardians of the Galaxy, which turned out to be one of my favorite movies. Uh, of of the year, so Ever. <laughs> uh, I mean it's pretty it's pretty close. I, I feel like it's encroaching on my top ten list. So uh, I, I just had that much fun. I mean, so at worst, I feel like the worst this movie can do, unless Marvel proves me otherwise at this point, is just provide a fun time at the movies. Uh, but I, I like a lot of people said they just felt like maybe the trailer. Uh, like they just, I heard a lot of people say they walked away from the trailer kind of just feeling a little underwhelmed because. There was, Did you see the one that was recut with the the title card and uh, the new title card and the dramatic music? No. Yeah, someone recut it with dramatic music, and then someone recut it as it were, like you know, an Anchorman movie. And they put in like some comical music, and both trailers were better than the one that the one that Marvel <laughs> officially put out. Because they they just I th- I think what it was is just you know uh, just people shooting guns, uh, shit flying <laughs> everywhere. Um, you, you know, hero talk, you know, like the, with great power comes great responsibility types. And then stuff. abs, like out of nowhere. Um, yeah. And, and like the, just the very generic trailer music they put in there just, right. with, uh, you know what I mean? I, like, I think I, I, so I can see why people walked away feeling underwhelmed, but you know what? Even people don't remember this because guardians of the galaxy turned out like three trailers and two of them were great fun, especially like the second one that had like spirit in the sky and, uh, just this great soundtrack to it, but they did turn out one trailer that just had generic trailer shit in it, just generic trailer music. And people are like, Oh, that's not as much fun. <laughs> like, that's not a very good trailer. Like, uh, and, you know, and it's like they they turned out the Avengers Age of Ultron with like the creepy Pinocchio remix in there and stuff like they got really inventive with how they were selling the trailer. And this one kind of just felt like, yeah, just throw this one out here, just lay a track under it and cut some shit together and put it out there for everybody. And I think it left people feeling kind of underwhelmed, uh, you know, for me, for the people that are like, you know, this is, you know, I don't give a shit about this character. I've never heard of this character before. You know, come on, guys. It's only been a few months. People are saying the same shit about the Guardians of the Galaxy thing. 
but everybody went to go see it and it was and it was great so at this point i don't think you can just take it as i don't know this character um you know i have no attachment to this this thing i don't know anything about it like you know nobody knew anything about guardians either until right they did (laughs) <laughs> and, and like I said, you know, it's nothing against Paul Rudd. I would definitely, I would have no, no problems with it with Edgar Wright's involvement. It's just the fact that you know he was involved for so long and he left how he did, and now he's not even credited, you know, with writing. And it's just that yeah, the, the guy they got to pick to write it and the guy they, still... they got to pick to direct. I thought yeah. they they took him off all that. No, I saw his. I saw it said Edgar Wright under screenplay. I was like, oh, well, okay, it, so but, I wonder no, how much. Well, he's just credited for story now. Like they gave the screen, screenplay credit to the other guy. Oh, okay, I just I saw his name and it was under screenplay, so yeah, there may uh, have been story right above it, but I just I saw I saw that and I was I like, s- oh okay, yeah. I mean, and I think we've talked in the past why we think uh, Edgar Wright was probably removed from the project uh, for the most part, and I, I think it I think it almost universally has to do with that he was working on this movie way before there was even an MCU. Iron Man, yeah, yeah, um, you know what I mean, so. Chances are his vision did not tie in with the vision that Marvel had, and you know that, you know, I mean that's that, and I, I don't blame him. He was married to that project for a long time, and you know, for somebody to come in and change it, I mean, they have every right to change it, but for him to also be like, you know, what, no, this isn't what I had in mind. He has every right to do that too. I, I, I think this movie is still going to be just fine. Like, I don't know if it's going to be a huge hit or if it's going to be middle of the road. Um, I mean, it could even be a flop. I don't know. It could be uh, Marvel Studios' first failure. I, I don't know, but uh, you I, know, I, I think I, in, the, in the next trailer, we, they're going to fix the music. That, you know, they probably they might do something with, with the title, maybe. But I really think we're going to see you know a couple of quick flashes of maybe like you know him and and, and you know Yellow Jacket going at it like some more interaction with him and Pim because there's like that whole father son like you know sure. almost lethal weapon relationship where you know Pim's like I'm too old for this shit and then you know Lang's like the rig I mean you know so there's all sorts of different things they could do like right. they could really just blow the fuck out of me like it was you know, the, uh, away in the second trailer so right. it's uh it's not like my hope is gone but it's Wow, it, it's lukewarm at this point. Nothing to get. Yeah, ah, I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I, I really heard, hope I'm wrong, and it just turns out to be like the best movie ever. I, I mean, I've heard word too that they've got things planned, you know, in the movie that they said would be, you know, visually breathtaking and stunning and stuff you maybe never seen before. Uh, you know, and I mean, I, I have no doubts about that. I mean, I, you know, obviously, I because I think what happened is people saw the Ant Man the test footage uh, thing, and that was so yeah. good and so mm-hmm. fun. Like, they didn't show anything like that. Like, you know, this one had Ant-Man, like, run up a dude's finger and fucking socked a guy in the jaw. And you saw, like, all the skin and shit fly in slow motion as he really knocked the shit out of this guy. And he was so tiny. Like, that was just visually cool. And there was really nothing quite like that in the trailer at all. And, I mean, there was very little of him as Ant-Man in the trailer. I mean, there was the shit with him on the flying ant, which was cool. It was awesome. (laughs) Um, Although, uh... Although I'm sure there's going to be some J.J. Abrams haters out there that are going to comment about how many fucking lens flares there were in the scenes of him on the flying Apparently ant. when you're an ant, there's a lot because there was a bunch of police lights going on behind him, too. So that yes. could be part of the lens flare. So <laughs> much, so much lights. Um, but no, I think it's going to be it's going to be a heist movie, I think. And it's going to be. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's going to end up being really good. Glenn, what did you think of the trailer? Uh Kind of going on with what Aaron said, it's not that I didn't like Paul Rudd. I, I, I love Paul Rudd. I love just about anything he's in. Uh, but it felt like in the trailer they didn't really show us anything. Like he seemed almost obsolete. Yeah. And another thing that I did enjoy this trailer that I, I kind of had moments of, uh, like I did with Captain America: The Winter Soldier, 
is the relationship that we have as an audience with Michael Douglas. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I mean, I know he did Romance of the Stone and that kind of stuff, but yeah. you know, having a basically a guy of you know that kind of that pedigree with Robert Redford in one of these movies is is awesome. Yeah, um, and, and it's you know with Ben Kingsley and all that kind of stuff too. Even though I think with him, it's maybe not as much because he's he has done some goofy shit in the past, i.e., yeah. uh, the go- Love Guru. But no, it, it's just uh, <laughs> it's nice to kind of see you know the, that pedigree of actor these these movie stars that you know we've grown up with and have seen all of their movies and see them in something like this and in a way embrace it uh is awesome you know just like glenn close and guardians i mean it's just it's really cool how they're doing the casting for this kind of stuff and uh again i i felt like they they showed us like the stuff they thought we would want to see but didn't show us anything that we should have seen right right i mean they did it was a teaser in the most in the most actual sense like it was very much a tease, from the but... Pe- the, for the people who are bringing the commercials for Mad Men comes the Ant-Man teaser. Yes. I mean, you know, for fuck's sake, the the Age of Ultron teaser, I put in gigantic foam finger air quotes here, because <laughs> the, it had, like, Hulkbuster, and... I mean, it showed everything, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there is, there is, I mean, there was even at the, um, uh, Kevin Feige at the, uh, at the reveal when they did the phase three announcement, when they show the trailer, I think there's even like a part where he's like, Oh, you just saw all the best stuff in the movie. Like that's like all the CG budget. You just watched it right there in the trailer. Um, I mean, cause you know, that's not a teaser. They showed so much awesome shit in that. Uh, I mean, it is a teaser in the sense of like, show me the rest of it now. But uh, you know, that's, that's not a teaser so much as it is a thing to drive people insane and into rages and shit. But right. uh, this was a this was a more traditional teaser where they did not give you very much. Yeah. Uh, in fact, they did not even give you very much in the way of the story. Although I already know mostly what the story is if they're doing the uh, traditional Scott Lang uh, becomes Ant Man story. I think it has something to do with his daughter being sick and he steals the suit or something to to steal the medicine to make his daughter better or something along those lines. The way I understand it. Michael Douglas, Hank, Hank Pym hires him to see if he could steal his suit, and then once he does steal his suit, he figures, okay, you, you know, will you be Ant Man kind of deal? Uh, but yeah, I think you know, sick kid, all that. So of course he's, you know, he's going to do it, and you know, blah blah blah. Do you like that uh, that Paul Rudd line when he's like, you know, will you be the Ant Man? He just goes, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what that. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, I mean, I don't have a problem with the. Uh, can you know? Uh, is there something we can do about the name? Because, you know, they're playing off the fact that it's kind of a... Yeah, and, and if it. any one of the Marvel movies, you know, should kind of be funny and jokey, you know, it's fucking Ant-Man, so... Yeah, I mean, just in the title of... I mean, the the character itself, like, the, the power set and everything, this the, you know, the stuff the suit makes him do, like, that's actually really cool, but the name is a little goofy. So yeah. if they're going to be a little self-referential about it and be like, you know, this name's a little dumb. Can we change his name? Um, you know what I mean? Like, that's... You know that's that's fine. You've you've got to do that. So you let everybody know you're not taking it too seriously or anything like that. Um, you know, play it play, play it a little loose. I'm, I'm sure the movie is going to be less comedic than Guardians, I think. But Paul Rudd's obviously going to add a comedic edge to it. I'm sure. So and you know what? The fact that we didn't see Patrick Wilson anywhere in the trailer, yeah, to me really says that he's going to be the flashback Hank Pym as a version of Ant Man since everyone's had him pegged to be Ant Man. You know. Oh, yeah. Since so his first fucking movie. Uh, I really think that's going to be it. Oh, I, fingers crossed, man. I mean, Jesus. You you want to talk about just penises exploding. Like, well, you know, if he appears on screen as young Pym in the suit, yeah, just 
dick's gone everywhere, man. Well, I mean, we've we and we saw the other characters, right? We saw Evangeline Lily, uh, Lily, who's probably going to be Wasp. I'm guessing. Yeah, hope, I know. I hope, definitely know what she's going to be. She's going to be a stupid bitch that needs to pick a man. <laughs> I think that's what it's going to boil down to. Yeah, she's going to be stuck in between two guys and just yeah. gonna pick one. Um, and then we saw uh, House of Cards guy whose name I should remember because Corey he's great. Stahl. In, Corey Stahl because he's great in that show. Um, and he's um, his yellow jacket, I believe. So, mm-hmm. uh, so we did we did get to see uh, we did get to see most of the main players. So yeah, the the absence of Patrick Wilson uh, could could suggest that. Uh, and I'm I, suggesting it. You you certainly are, but I, I think you're, <laughs> I think the evidence you provided could also be lent uh, to that argument as well. So I think I'm just talking myself into it. I don't know. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps he'll just be some shit, just some shitbag senator for like two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's no, got the Gary Shandling. <laughs> oh man, I, I really hope we get to see him again to see how much more he's you know morphed into just like a slug. <laughs> oh sure. Oh him. dude, he's terrifying, man. I I love slug douchebag Senator Gary Shandling though in those Iron Man movies. It's so uh, creepy, dear. He's fucking awesome to me. I don't I don't know. I I could uh you know what you know what fuck it i say let's let's cancel this now and let's do uh a larry sanders show podcast <laughs> where we talk about uh the larry sanders show every week we'll cover the entire series uh let's just talk about gary shandling some more uh no i think uh i mean is there uh is there some more marvel specific stuff we could probably uh chat about real quick or should we should we reserve some of this for you know one of the other 87 podcasts we do Oh, we may want to keep something in our holster. <laughs> uh, the only really big, you know, Marvel affected thing I think is uh, Marvel announced via the Nerdist that they're going to be canceling uh, the Deadpool comic book series. Canceling so, the series? Yeah, they're going to not only canceling the series, they're going to kill Deadpool. So, I mean, with Wolverine, uh, they're going to cancel the Fantastic Four. We know that, and now Deadpool. Those are three major, you know, Marvel comic books that are that are becoming to an end. Uh, but if you'll notice, none of them uh, are owned. By, by Marvel, Marvel Studios. Studios, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, uh, so we, we know they're trying to murder, you know, the Fantastic Four because I mean, they, I, I'm not excited about the movie that's coming out, and I can't wait for that first trailer. Fucking, let me tell you. But I mean, it is curious that they would just choose to sacrifice these comics, just not lend anything to the movies, you know, maybe in hopes of getting them back. But man, that's that's fucked up. <laughs> uh, I would also like to suggest that people tune into this podcast on April 11th, 2015, <laughs> when Aaron and I talk about all 13 episodes of Daredevil that we'd binge watched the night before. Boy, you're <laughs> not fucking lying, man. Because <laughs> uh, Marvel announced that uh, on April 10th, that's when uh, the first season of, of Daredevil is, or I, I'm saying first season, presuming that they're going to do more than one season, but I don't know at this point what their well, plans are exactly. They're signed on for second season, then there's that possible Defenders miniseries also. Right, so the we've got, it's it's listed as 13 episodes, so there's going to be all 13 episodes will be available on uh, April 10th on Netflix. So basically, I, I have to take April 10th off from work, just so <laughs> I could wag yes. my train through that shit. Quite possibly. I, I wouldn't blame you, sir, if you want. I might need a rest in between episodes. Like, I'm just expecting it to be that mind-blowing, where I physically have to just, like, take a break before I can get back into it. Uh, and this isn't MCU-related either, but uh, I should note that they did... Um, uh, Fox did confirm that the uh, the Channing Tatum Gambit solo movie has a release date as well for October 7th, 2016. Um, so that would be three. Uh, that would be three <laughs> X Men related franchise in one year. Although, as, as I stated on Facebook, I don't know if the Deadpool movie is going to be considered 
uh, canon within the X-Men franchise or not. I feel like that's going to be a separate movie. It is. I, I, it'll be more referential to the to the relaunch of the comics when you know when they first brought Deadpool back and before they really oversaturated him. You know, uh, where his first run was like he went. The first issue was him coming out of the mo- of X Men Origins Wolverine. It's being like, what the fuck was that? Like, you know, like, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited for this movie. Like, it, it has the potential to be possibly you know if they do it true to form or if they stick to any portion of the script that leaked out a while ago. Uh, I'm talking more fun than Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, it's just going to be fucking amazing. Oh, I'm so excited! I'm really excited to see a truly great Marvel movie outside of the Marvel Studios. <laughs> as uh, long as it doesn't come from they, Sony, man, it's going to happen. I mean, X Men First Class came pretty darn close. Like, that was a really good movie, but yeah, uh, Days of Future's Past, you know, had its merits too. Even though, oh yes. Yeah. Basically made you waste, you know, however many hours of your life watching the other movies. Um, you know what, though? I, I'll say it again. Uh, I'm actually happy it did that. I was happy they're like, fuck all those other movies. Because I was... Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, you know what? Fuck them, too. Like, I, I'm glad you erased them from history. Most of them weren't worth the weren't worth the discs they were imprinted on in the first place. So That we all own because we're stupid. <laughs> we all own, yes. Uh, somewhere somewhere uh, a tear is is leaking out of the the plastic case from my x-men 3 dvd uh somewhere it is weeping silently in my dvd shelf just dusty <laughs> no, it, Wait, it is definitely last stand oh i sure do sir i got it <laughs> i have uh i have stopped short however of buying the x-men solo or the wolverine solo movies uh i do not own either of those wolverine solo pictures but uh all the other X-Men movies I do have, yes. Okay. I've admitted that, yeah. Well, look, man, I've I've admitted I've admitted to uh owning several things. I admitted to owning knowing, which also gave Glenn a headache and oh, uh, and made Aaron throw up a little bit in his mouth. Uh I I do have the first two Transformers movies. Uh if anybody wants the first two Transformers movies on Blu-ray by the way, they are not even sitting in my in my on my uh in my movie cabinet anymore. Uh, they're now in the top drawer of my uh, entertainment center with a bunch of other dusty objects. They're literally just sitting in there. I made, I took them out of there to make room for other movies. If people legitimately want <laughs> the first two uh, Transformers movies on Blu-ray, I will happily send them to you uh, for free, even if you want. I'll just put them in a catapult and launch <laughs> them to you. Um, I tried giving them away. I told my daughter she could take if she wanted to ask anybody at school if they wanted them. If uh, anybody just, wants them, just sign up for the premium service. First person <laughs> to do so as soon as this podcast hits, I'll get them. <laughs> uh, I mean, she came home and she's like, no, none of my friends wanted those movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, your friends are smarter than I thought. I thought they aimed towards that younger audience. but they're... Maybe we should send him to Shia LaBeouf. Maybe he's never seen him. <laughs> oh, quite possibly. Then he'd finally get it all of a sudden. I'm telling you, I'm taking it easy on that guy. This year, uh, he's had enough. <laughs> since, uh, from us specifically. Um uh, so uh, since this is available to everybody, I should note that this is part of usually part of the Cinema Geekly Premium thing. Uh, you're actually going to be able to uh, listen to this on the Premium website, uh, so you'll see it there, plastered right in front of you. There's really no way to miss it. But uh, twelve dollars for an entire year of this greatness, three hundred and sixty-five days for twelve dollars, and it's not just this. It's a uh, this is actually the first of this particular podcast series. There's a bunch of other ones we've got going on. Um, some of them you'll be exposed to throughout the course of this week as uh, they are all free uh, and available to everybody. But, uh, yeah, we would highly recommend uh, we would highly recommend you go and do that because it's just bonus. It's just bonus goodness for very little money. Uh, and also, if you feel like it, info at cinemageekly.com. That's our email address. 
And uh, feel free to send your questions or comments or love or hate or whatever. Uh, concerns about Glenn's liberal arts degree. Uh, you can send them to... In- Nobody has sent any in so far, Glenn, in case you're wondering. But info at cinemageekly.com. Um, and your stuff will get read, by the way. If you've got questions or something or topic of discussion, when we do mailbag episodes, we will read your shit. So uh, uh, if you want to do that, go right ahead. And of course, we will shout you out if you sign up for the premium thing, if you want some sh- sort of a shout out. Glenn's, Glenn's mom has not asked for a shout out <laughs> on the podcast. I'll shout her out. What's up, mama? Uh, Beauvoir, I believe. Uh, is what you referred to her as. No, no, different last name. No, I, we know it's a last name, but I believe Aaron did refer to her as Beauvoir. Agent Mother Beauvoir. <laughs> Boisvert. Boisvert, I think is what it was. There you sure. go. Boisvert, I'm going to get it. All right, so since we've uh, completely ruined any of your interest in signing up for Cinema Geekly Premium with the last five minutes of this podcast, it's time to sign off, I think. Uh, <laughs> so for uh, Glenn Beauvier and... Uh, <laughs> Aaron De La Osa. I'm Anthony Lewis. Uh, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, I think, fingers crossed, Aaron will try to do this next week on Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D. talking to Agent Carter, part three, episode three, Time and Tide. Hey, Cinema Geekly listener. It's Anthony Lewis. Have you ever asked yourself, self, I'd really like to support cinemageekly.com. I love the content. I love the podcasts. It's all great. I love it. You'll want to help out cinemageekly.com. You want to help out the site you love so much. But you just can't. There isn't a way. Well, you know what? We've brought a way to you. If you shop on Amazon.com. And at this point, I'm not sure who doesn't. Amazon has a gajillion products available to people just like you and me from movies, video games. You want to watch movies? Buy a TV, Blu-ray player. You can get any of that stuff from Amazon. You can buy like a kayak uh, from Amazon. There's literally something for everybody. If you're like me, you've got Amazon.com bookmarked. But you know what? I say to you, throw that bookmark away. Just go to cinemageekly.com. On the right-hand side of our page... There's a big button, the Amazon logo. You just click that. It takes you to Amazon like normal. You shop like normal. There's no extra cost to you whatsoever. But for every purchase you make through that link on the cinemageekly.com website, Amazon is going to shave off 8 to 10% of that purchase and give it right back to Cinema Geekly. So if you are looking for a way to uh, help out your favoritist website in the whole wide universe or multiverse or Hooniverse, then look no further. Click that button on the right side of cinemageekly.com, buy yourself some cool shit from amazon.com, and help out Cinemageekly all at the same time. (laughs) 